Alrighty, good afternoon, everybody. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Week three opens tonight. Jacksonville Jaguars, Miami Dolphins. Wiz, how are you today? I'm doing well. Doing pretty good. Uh, I guess in a couple hours from now, we'll be officially starting week three. And boy, oh boy, I'm getting texts and calls off the hook these last couple of days trying to decipher what to do with players, you know. It looks like I, I may have ta- said last week that half the league was questionable. Maybe about ninety percent this week, and uh, everything's popping up. The latest thing I saw is very, very concerning for the Raiders that Jacobs and Waller were not seen at practice today. But knowing John Gruden, I just got a feeling he's going to tell his superstars you played Monday night, you know, have Wednesday, even maybe have Thursday off and get ready for the game. I didn't see anything substantial. I mean, I know Jacobs came back in the game, but, man, what do you make of all of these injuries and who's going to play and who's not going to play? So I'm generally speaking a little bit reluctant to go start people who are either just jumping back from injury or or definitely coming into games a little questionable. So uh, I think that's something to watch for. I'll, I'll tell you one player who's on only one roster of mine, but there's no chance I'm putting him on the field this week, and that's Julio Jones, especially after last week. Um, but I think, you know, the it seems like teams are being a little bit more uh, cautious, especially on Wednesday, which is the first day of practice during the week. And I think just yes. generally we're dealing with a situation where, look, it's, it's like preseason right now. These guys have not, hit, you know, they've not practiced the way they normally do. There's no preseason, so... Is it a surprise that we're seeing the plethora of injuries that we're seeing? Probably not. It's 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 just probably symptomatic of everything that's gone on this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess. I mean, I, you know, some of it could be attributed to that. I'm not. I'm not sure uh, if all of it. You know, I know there's. I've been getting a lot of questions about these hamstring injuries and what's the cause of it. Is it preseason? It could be a myriad of of, of things. Honestly. Um, but we'll see how it we will you know we'll definitely see how it plays out. As far as Julio, I mean I don't know I mean I this isn't surprising to me. I mean I much have mentioned several times at least uh, when we're doing these podcasts leading up to the season that you know you just wonder with Julio Jones when these plays that he's going to sit out, a series he's going to sit out. What when is that going to start turning into a game? a couple of games as he's gotten older. So, I don't know. I think the people that have listened to these podcasts hopefully, you know, took my advice and kind of shied away from Julio. Yeah, no, we, we, we both went that way. We we both had him in our list of guys you wanted to stay away from. He's such a boom-bust player, and he's older now. So, I, Calvin Ridley last year was a much more consistent performer on, on, on a fantasy basis than Julio Jones. And, and right now, uh, you know, Calvin Ridley's off to a uh, – Astounding start uh, for this uh, coming season. So, yeah, there's a lot going on. I just wanted one thing before we you know, talk, start talking about the game tonight or whatever else you wanted to talk about was, you know, after week one, I made that comment that if you had John Brown and you lost your fantasy game by less than six points or whatever, you know, really send your, you know, to to uh, to uh, Josh Allen. But, my goodness, if you lost your game by six, eight points last week, and you had Julio Jones. Did you see that flea flicker that Gage threw to him and he dropped? Really bad. I know. I mean, 
that's a catch that I honestly, I think most teenagers in a park would make to be able to catch. That was, wow, that was that was that was shocking to see from uh, an all-pro receiver. But uh, did you want to get into the game tonight, or was there anything else on your mind you wanted to talk about? I, I think uh, you know I do want to talk a little bit about kind of. All, all the injuries and stuff that are going on and, and how, how we're thinking about things. I actually just read something where Jack Doyle is actually coming back to practice today, which kind of makes things interesting in Indianapolis. But let, let's let's first talk about the game, and then we'll kind of talk a little bit about kind of how, how what our mindset is, especially on some of these bigger injuries and what we're thinking about those particular situations. So, yeah, tonight Miami against Jacksonville. Uh, my personal view is this is going to be a – Pretty open offensive game. That's my personal view. I, I don't know how you feel about it. So why don't you, uh, why don't you start off and, uh, and and give us your view of the game? Um, you know, at Gardner Minshew on a couple of teams. I'm excited to see him uh, for a full game tonight. Uh, I expect good things out of him. How about yourself? Yeah, I mean, I, I, to be completely transparent, I don't have a strong feeling for this game from a side or a total. I know you feel strongly. Um, I'm not so sure what your view is on the side, who you love, but I know you think um, there's going to be a lot of points in this game, and I'll let you talk about that. But as far as I'm concerned, um, you know, you're just not quite sure if it's going to be the Ryan Fitzpatrick where his first five passes are – two or three interceptions, or if he's going to have one of those Fitzmagic games where he's going wild. Um, Minshew looks dynamic um, so far. So, you know, you you love points tonight, and I'm not going to say, you know, I'm against that. I just don't know because of the inconsistency of Fitzpatrick, and you don't have two great teams playing, and then they're playing on just a few days rest. So it's, 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 it's sometimes a little bit difficult to um to uh to gauge what's going to happen uh so i'll let you hand it over to you before i announce what my proposition bet of the night is i'll let you talk about uh the side in total because that's uh, what most people are uh, waiting to hear well, well quite interesting this is moving around quite a lot i don't i don't know where you saw this line start at but it's up to 49 the over under which is quite interesting and i will tell you I, I, it's kind of remarkable the player prop bets are also moving pretty aggressively. I, I looked, uh, you know, I'll, I'll let you talk a little bit about which ones you like, but when I looked to start the week, I looked at Miles Gaskin receiving yards, and it was at 17 to start the week. That's now up to 23. Um, you know, we'll talk a little bit. So let, let's talk about the Dolphins' backfield. That's, that's the first thing I want to talk about. How is, do you see that? I don't know what is going on there. Uh, Jordan Howard, once again, looks like he's running in mud. Uh, Breida seems to have seems to have fallen out of favor a little bit. What's your perception of that backfield? Let's start. Let's start with that. Yeah, I mean, I think when this season started and you were analyzing the Dolphins' backfield, first of all, I think that <clears throat> it was a situation to avoid. I don't have any of those players in any of the leagues up until this week when I made some free agent pickups for Gaskin. That said. I think it's probably, I don't know, I'd have to really go over team by team, but as far as backfield situations, it has to be the surprise of the season where you were trying to figure out whether it was going to be Howard at the goal line and Breeder in between the 20s or it was going to be a complete split between the two or it was going to just be the hot hand on any given game. And 
right now, and I, you know, you just don't know how things can change, but it looks like Miles Gaskin has put those two other players as kind of clearly as the second and third guy, and he, he's clearly the lead guy. I mean, I'm not sure if that thing continues, if Gaskin could stay hot, but I mean, I don't know if you disagree with this statement, but of the three, it's clearly the guy to own is Gaskin. So the interesting thing is there is no player prop bet for Jordan Howard or Matt Breida tonight. The only one is is Miles Gaskin. So okay. yeah. So the the folks at DraftKings have, have noticed uh, what's what's going on too. So so pretty fascinating. Um, and, and you mentioned Fitzpatrick. So he's going to have um, Devontae Parker. I know he was slow to practice to start the week. Uh, Preston Williams is there. Kid Isaiah Ford is starting to pick it up. And then we finally saw that big game. Out of, you know, we, we were looking for some good things out of Mike Kosicki this year. Uh, he had that monster game last week um, where he had 130 yards, a touchdown, and, and, and nine catches. So, look, I think he builds upon that on, on Thursday night. Jacksonville doesn't have too good of a defense. I think one of the most important things that happened to, to coming into this game is that Byron Jones is not going to play for the Dolphins. So, that's probably got some of why I think this will be a little bit more of an open-ended game. It's Thursday night. There'll be some fans in the stadium. There's usually not a lot of fans at, at, in, in the Jacksonville Stadium, but but there will be some fans in the stadium tonight. And I, I just think Minshew, he's just been absolutely outstanding. 75% of his passes completed thus far this year. The two interceptions he threw last week weren't even his fault. I love his receiving core. It looks like Shark is going to play. Keelan Cole has come on. Um, I think they're doing some very interesting things with LaVisca Chenault. And James Robinson is certainly giving people an understanding of why the Jacksonville Jaguars let Leonard Fournette walk away. Yeah, I mean, I don't mean you really were high on Minshew Magic this year. Um, We drafted him as our second quarterback. And we're really, really loving our quarterback duo of Minshew and Dak um, at this point and going forward. Um, so we're we're enjoying that, and we, you know we we both like Minshew <clears throat> to improve or be you know have have much better stats than where a lot of people had him ranked at the quarterback position. But I will say this, and it's not my prop play, but like I've seen some noise that like about DJ Shark that, you know, like Cole and and, and LaVisca Chenault and, and Robinson to an extent and uh, and Chris Thompson, like it's all like a and and DJ Shark is now like kinda like taking a back seat or those guys are gonna maybe lead or you know, he's gonna be third or fourth in targets and receptions. I think that's noise. I think DJ Shark is really one of the top 15 or 20 best receivers in football. He has seven balls thrown to him this year, and he has seven catches. His first week, he had a touchdown. Last This past week, he was four for 82. I'm not buying the noise. I like the supporting cast. <clears throat> you know how much I like the Levinsky Schnault as a player. Um, and the offense is, is looking good. So I know you think there are going to be points. Are you saying that the under and over of 49 is going to hit the over. There will be 50-plus points scored in this game tonight. I'm just going to tell you something. The magic of technology. I, I'm not ignoring your question. I'm sitting here as I'm watching the prop bets, and all of a sudden, the Jacksonville wide receivers disappear instantly as I'm looking okay. at the prop bets. And just coming over, 
DJ Shark has been ruled out for tonight's game. Oh, is that right? Okay. <laughs> so quite wow. quite amazing. So I, I don't know if that changes my. Uh, well, really trending upwards, like you said. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's going to be interesting here in terms of how how they handle it. I, d- does Didi Westbrook then become? Um, he has not played the first two games. My guess is Didi Westbrook would be activated for this game. And you'd see Keelan Cole and, and LaVisca Chenault will probably get a lot more action in this game as well as uh, Chris Conway. So if, first off, if you have DJ Shark in any of your DraftKings games, you got to pull him out of there. So it's an interesting development. It's just happened. I don't know if it changes yeah, my I mindset. Yeah, little world, he got ruled out for the game too. So how does that affect your view on the total? Yeah, I, I would I would ease off of the throttle just a little bit when one of the key offensive players gets taken away. I, I would definitely ease off. So this is a game. I was not going to touch the line in this game, but I'm going to ease off the throttle of the over when you take away uh, a weapon like DJ Shark. So are you, are you still leaning towards the over? No opinion on the side, and you're leaning a little bit towards the over? Could that be just characterized with your views on this game? Yeah, I'd lean a little bit, but because of this development, it's something I'd probably stay away from. Okay, fair enough. I'm going to give my prop bet of the Thursday night game. I have one in mind that I really enjoy, and that is James Robinson under... 74 and a half yards rushing. <clears throat> that was the total. Who knows? Things may be changing. I was uh, the total on him rushing as of five minutes ago. I love the under for James Robinson. And this is coming from somebody who has James Robinson in the fantasy football leagues. But when you make these prop bets and you're giving some opinions out and maybe some people are going to put a few bucks on what you're suggesting, you just <clears throat> have to be objective. And... <clears throat> The Jaguars are missing the best lineman for this game, Brandon Lindor. And I think Robinson is going to be involved in the game, certainly. And I think he will maybe catch four or five balls and maybe he'll have, you know, 80 to 100 yards of total offense. But 74 and a half yards rushing is extremely, extremely high. I don't know, last week when they had Nick Chubb at 69 and a half, and then they got James Robinson at 74 and a half. I don't know. I think that line's a little out of whack. So my proposition play, and this is one that, you know, again, from a fantasy football perspective, if he rushes for 300 yards, I'd be so happy. But from a betting standpoint and giving it out there, my prop bet that I love is James Robinson under 74 and a half yards rushing. Let's get some thoughts on that one from the guru. Yeah, I'm excited to actually see him for a full game tonight, and I, I own him in a couple of leagues as well. Uh, but I found the line to be very high, especially on a Thursday night game, which I, I thought it would be more of a passing game. So, yeah, I'm a little bit surprised. I, I like the direction of your uh, prop bet for sure. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how these things turn out. These prop bets are always, uh, they're always, they're always, they're always fun. But uh, so, yeah, so Wiz, let me about. let me ask you this now, because we just picked up uh, Keelan Cole in, in a league that we're in. Is this going to change? You know, he, you're looking like a genius with that one now. Uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, would you definitely consider? So he's had a good first two weeks. Uh, he scored a touchdown. Keelan Cole's a must start tonight. I mean, unless yeah. you have, you know, some elite. Elite starters. I think he's a. He's. I think he's a. Yeah. He's a. He's a. He's a lock star. Man, my team. Wow. I mean, look at these hits. I mean, 
I'm just looking at my roster, my my team. There's lineup that has DJ Shark in there. I already had to take AJ Brown out for a week or two now. Brandon Cooks. I mean, this is it's tough to field, especially when you this league where you're starting 12 guys and you have a 24 man roster. This is a uh, these injuries are tough here. For sure. So let's. Let, do you want to add anything else on this game at all, or or would you want to start talking? I don't have a good. I don't have a feel. Like I said, when you have the inconsistency of Fitzpatrick, combine that with two below average teams. You know, I, we like the Jags offense, and we like some of the players on Miami as well. I'm not saying they're terrible teams, but when you have two inconsistent teams, let's be kind and call them that. Both of them inconsistent, and then they're playing on. Uh, you know, three days rest. I just am not sure what the product is going to look like. So I don't have a view on the side or total. Just loving the under on yards on Robinson. So we could we could move on uh, as far as I'm concerned. Okay, very good. So I, I think the, I think the one thing that's kind of interesting here is I'm very excited to see, and I, and I and I have a feeling that they will unleash him a little bit more now. Even so, because. Chenault last week, if you looked at his line, he carried the ball, I think, five times in that game. He caught three passes. He scored a touchdown. I think you're going to that player is going to have a very interesting game tonight. That's that's what I think. Um, yeah, I just think he, he's a weapon they're using in a lot of different varieties. Packages are being put in for the player. I know how high you are, like you said, coming into the season. There was some injury concerns around him when he was in college, but uh, he looks very versatile to start, and I think tonight you'll see a, a little bit more versatility being utilized by the Jacksonville Jaguar offense. Just one thing when you watch, for everyone out there who's going to watch LaVisca Chenault, and for most people, you know, that really don't follow college football, certainly seen LaVisca or have seen LaVisca Chanel play. Let me, let me just say this, what you're in for. You know how time and time again <clears throat> I've said my negative views on the Texan offense is they have just too many finesse players? Well, whatever the exact opposite word of finesse is that describes LaVisca Chanel, <clears throat> he plays the game angry. He plays the game like Heinz Ward, who is looking to get hit and hit somebody. He's as physical as physical can be, and he's not intimidated. He's a rookie, but I think, you know, whether you're a Jaguar fan or not, you'll fall in love with watching LaVisca Schnall play. He just plays the game. He's an old-school player with tremendous athletic ability combined into one. So, like I said, I've been killing the Texans for having too many finesse players. That's the opposite of LaVisca Chenault, and that'll be on display tonight. So uh, everyone keep an eye on for that one tonight. Yeah, and, and again, you're going to have to monitor. We'll, we'll do our full breakdown tomorrow of uh, players we like and players we don't like. But there's certainly, as Wiz alluded to right at the start, the injury bug is here. It's pronounced. Uh, there's a lot of situations that you're going to have to wiggle your way through to, 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 you know, to put a proper team out there. And, and certainly, look, we're talking about the two, if you're in a snake draft, two, probably the two number, the one and two pick in, in McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley. Um, looks like Mike Davis is going to be the main guy there. How do you see that giant situation breaking out? Um, you know, it seems like a weird situation to, to rush, you know, Devonta Freeman out there immediately. It's already a very marginalized offensive line for the Giants. Um, is this a little bit more of a, of a Deion Lewis week this week? Uh, or, or do you see this as kind of a split situation as kind of the year uh, moves on here? Yeah, I mean... So when 
look at this, you know, first of all, for the short term, it's going to be difficult for me to fathom that Freeman is going to be ready to play football. I mean, you talk about these NFL players who've been in camp playing, and you see the injuries that they're, you know, the rate of injuries that are occurring. Now you're talking about a play, a guy who's just not been doing anything. So I, I think it's going to take him a while. I wouldn't be surprised if he's the lead guy. I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if, you know, he's – you know, first and second, and they use Lewis, you know, completely as the third down guy. I wouldn't be surprised if Gorman got in there. I have kind of a headache looking at that situation. Um, you know, and you have to deal with a, a lot of a lot of mitigating factors. And if you combine the talents of Gorman, Lewis, and Freeman, you do not have Saquon Barkley. So picking them up and trying to decipher what they're going to do individually that's kind of a headache, and I, I, the way I've seen this play out in other leagues with the free agent money, people are spending a lot of money on those Giants guys, and look, one person's going to be right in every league, but two people are going to be wrong, right? So, and, and, if, and if it's a three-way split, then all three people are going to be disappointed, so I don't know. I don't know how you feel about spending a majority of money on any of those players, but not for me. So is any do, do you feel that there's any kind of surefire like you, if you think about the injuries that have transpired you know last weekend is there a surefire addition that you think makes a sense makes sense here from a from a waiver wire perspective No I mean you know I mean I don't you know the the, the one guy that figures to step in right short term is Mike Davis right so I get that then you see Christian McCaffrey and says, the heck with that four to six week timetable. Okay, put me on IR, I'm out three games, and I'll be back soon after that. So while the giant guys I don't have as much confidence in as, let's say, Mike Davis, at least that you know that Saquon Barkley is out for the year. And there's no path in their way except the other guys, so you're hoping that one of those giant guys takes the lead and runs with it. McCaffrey's coming back. So how much of your move money you spend on a player that's going to be in there for a couple of weeks. And I understand every week is crucial and you're trying to win, but let me tell you something. I have a feeling, and this is based on what I know about the player and what I saw after McCaffrey got hurt. I think you ready for this prediction that Curtis Samuel is going to start getting double digit carries every week. Wow. <laughs> well, they, there was one note. How about that, that one? That's a great one. I'm talking about jet sweeps, reverses, just out of the backfield. That's the type of play he was in college, and I believe that's right up, you know, the coaching staff, um, what they plan on to do with the players. So, yeah, I like Davis, and he's going to be there until McCaffrey comes back. But I'm predicting Curtis Samuel is going to get double-digit carries for every week that McCaffrey's out. Oh, that's fantastic. That's uh, really interesting. And I did, they did say that today, this morning, they're going to find some ways to get him the ball more. I'm sure he's sitting on a lot of waiver wires. Um, you know, Keelan Cole is a player that I see on a lot of waiver wires, whatever leagues you're in. Um, you know, you got to start, you know, look, stuff is happening, so you got to react. I, I think another guy who, who I think shouldn't be on waiver wires right now, and I've seen him picked up in a few leagues, is, is Russell Gage from, from the Falcons. And I think if you've had injuries at tight end, which is a number of them that have been going on too, um, there's just, it's such a deep position, 
And there are so many interesting options out there. So we, we've talked a lot about these players, and we've mentioned we've mentioned them before. Jordan Reed last week had a, had a great game, and he's probably sitting out there on a lot of waiver wires. But you know, don't be afraid to stream a guy for a week. You know, put him out there. You don't have to spend you know an arm and a leg to get them. But you know, if you're if you're running on a fab budget, which I think this year is going to show you, between we haven't seen any COVID effects yet, but. You're going to have to be very judicious about the way you allocate your fab money because it's going to be a long haul to the to the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it is actually as as you know as you hate to think about it along the lines of this, but it's really when what day of the week you know these moves the process because I'll give an example, right? So let's go with the player that you mentioned, Gage, right? So I think Russell Gage is a fine pickup, and he's the, certainly the slot guy, and you know he'll 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 get his share of stuff. So you make that move on a, a Tuesday, a Wednesday, a Thursday, like, and that's when the majority of the leagues have their first set of moves, and you know you pick the player up, and he's probably a player that goes for a, a few bucks, not a ton of money. Then Friday, oh, that hamstring with Julio, he's out a month. That would be a 50 or $60 pickup. So it all depends on when you pick these players up, the news that happens after. Things are evolving literally by the day. And, uh, you know, our league, have, we have moves Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. And for these leagues that, you know, don't allow you to do something later in the week and they have them like on Tuesday and then Friday – Man, there seems to be a lot of stuff that's popping up Sunday morning, and um, I think it makes it it makes it difficult if you're kind of like stuck with your roster and you can't make a move either late Saturday or Sunday because the, the, things have been, you know, transpiring that you know you just can't. You know, a guy is supposed to play, he's ruled out. Mike Evans, he was out on Thursday. He's definitely playing on Sunday. You know, so these things are happening and. Uh, you got to stay on top of it because, you know, a player's value can really rise or fall depending on news. Not so much about that player, but his teammates. Would you agree with that? I definitely would agree with that. Definitely would agree with that. All right. Well, you know, it's been uh, it's been a good discussion. We'll be coming up tomorrow, like I said, with our very, very thick uh, show for the upcoming week. But wanted to give you a little preview of, of this Thursday's game and everything else that's going on. We wish you guys well. Pay attention, like I said, in those waiver wires, Guru and Wiz, Fantasy Football Podcast, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud. And uh, Wiz, enjoy the game tonight, and we'll uh, speak tomorrow again. You got it.